0: Boom, that one's recording. It's another edition of the Shooting USA podcast, special edition live from the Bianchi Cup. Well, it's not really live, but it is something. Sort of live. We're alive. (laughs) We're in the Holiday Inn Executive Center lounge area. This time it is my distinct. Pleasure to welcome the one and only Julie Golub. Julie Golub is here. Julie Golub is in your ears if you're listening via podcast, and we're on your computer if you're watching us via the internet. Welcome, 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 welcome. So it's end of day two. Yes, things are happening. Things are. It's moving day at the Bianchi Cup, if you will. Yes. Um, talk about your experience.
1: Ah, so it's been a while since I've shot this match in Open. I usually hang out with you in, yes. <laughs> in the in the Shooting USA studio to kind of give the blow-by-blow. Blow. So it's it's been a, a neat experience getting back into it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've uh, shot Metallic in the past couple uh, for a couple of years, and I don't I don't I was just trying to remember when the last time I shot Open was, but it's been a while, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's definitely. Uh, an eye-opening experience. Uh, just, just you forget. You forget the, the nerves, the tension, and uh, the entire experience when you've been away from it.
0: Well, the four events still exist. The four events are still the same, and right. they are always going to be a challenge. Right. And that then, it, it, if those are the constant, Yeah. what is the variable? The variable is the equipment. The variable is each individual shooter. Exactly. And and that's what I think makes it interesting. It
1: is. You know, uh, one thing that makes this event totally different from all of the other matches that we shoot is there is the perfect score. There is that benchmark. And so I'm going into this match thinking, all right, what what have I done in the past? What am I capable of now? What are realistic expectations? And uh, you, you kind of put it all together. I mean, your worst enemy is is your mental game in this one because there are lots of people out there who can shoot a perfect score at the Yankee, but they never manage to do it. So it's one of those things.
0: But to what extent has the change in the scheduling been any effect or has it been an effect?
1: Uh, it, for me personally, it hasn't because mm. again, it's been a while since I've shot it. So I, I'm not used to always shooting the barricade at such and such time at such and such day. Right. Um, so for me, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I think that you know, one of the things that makes this particular event, the Bianchi Cup, so challenging is because people are used to so many things. And anytime you throw a little little change in there, yes. you get a little bit of a <laughs> little pushback or a little like, whoa, that's not how we've done it before. And so it can, it can change things up. And this match has certainly seen changes over the years.
0: Well, I mean, full transparency, my initial reaction to this is the new squad matrix, this is the way we are putting people together, and this is how we're going to schedule this match was... A little bit startling initially because I'm used to having each individual competitor on a piece of paper with each individual event for them scheduled and it is here this is what time this competitor will be here and here and here and I like to have those in alphabetical order so there's a lot of comfort when it comes to that from the production side which wasn't available anymore with that being said I'm able to work through it and work past it now I have a good grasp on it yeah so like anyone else I would think it's just a matter of Getting involved in the new process and seeing that it's going to work
1: exactly, and and this new staff that's that's running the event, um, Carrie Thomas is is looking at it from an efficiency standpoint. I right. mean, we're two thirty, we're done.
0: Well, that's the thing, and if you look at it from the efficiency standpoint, first shots are, st- I mean, promptly at eight a.m. Yep, or and earlier. A.m., no. <laughs> and last <laughs> shots are promptly, you know, last strings of fire begin at eleven forty-five, and they have hit the number across the board. It's almost a little bit unnerving at noon to be looking going well that's it for day two hope we got it
1: but there's vision in it yes in I the agree sense Of okay this is what we can handle right now and I spoke with Carrie this morning they can handle 380 competitors and that's what they want to do yeah. so that's exciting
0: so that's the big question how do you grow this match how do you get more people here
1: I think the the key component always the answer is always the grassroots mm-hmm. it's always getting people out to the range I, I like to tell people as shooters are really great in the room really good at helping each other out. Like once you get to the range, somebody's going to give you equipment. Somebody's going to help you. Somebody you're right. going to have everything you need. Our challenge is getting people to the room. Exactly right. And so I think that we need to have a more concerted effort at the local level and really build up our regional programs, so in our regional events so that people are like, "Oh yeah," uh, instead of Instead of doing this this weekend, maybe I'll go shoot an action pistol regional so they can get their feet wet and give it a try. And so that way, when they come to Bianchi, maybe it's not their first time. Sure. And having that overwhelming, like, oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Well, there are a handful of other NRA action pistol events around the country. One, the Crawfish Cup down in Louisiana is a big one very successful one it is. set up for April, happens yep. as kind of a lead-up to this event. Great but I think up. that might be a bit of the challenge for clubs to put this match on, and that is the infrastructure necessary to host these four events, uh, being a mover, right. falling plates, 50 yards to do practical, things right. like that. I don't think it's insurmountable, but I think it is a bit of a challenge.
1: I think one of the things that would be very helpful from the Action Pistol World standpoint from the NRA is if we came up with the... Uh, Smaller course, a short course. Yes. Um, to get that your feet wet. Yes. Uh, something that was official and yes. that, you know, you show up to the match and maybe you're unclassified or maybe you're an expert or maybe you're a sharpshooter and you, you're not really comfortable shooting at 50 yards or 35 yes. yards yes. or whatever. And you do this as a, oh, well, I'll just shoot the short lines. And uh, maybe we, we come up with a reduced target size for indoor ranges so that you can shoot Bianchi in an indoor range. If you've got 25 yards, guess what? You can go shoot Bianchi. So we have to think about all of these things so that. When people have an option, well, let's face it, we, I mean, we got 17 million CCW holders. Right. These are people that draw from a holster. Yep. And this is a sport that doesn't require you to run and gun, which yep. makes a lot of people nervous. Yep. This is just you and a perfect score if you want to try to shoot it improve your accuracy. It's a really, really neat thing along the way.
0: I agree. And uh, there there are a number of other things that we can touch on, but one of those is a conversation that Phil Strader and I had yesterday mm-hmm. on how to expand this match. And one of the answers or one of the ideas may be additional divisions. And this plays into the gun that he's chosen to shoot in this <laughs> match, <laughs> yes. the compact gun, which he's frankly doing very well he with. He is. He's doing but great. in conjunction with that conversation, he also brought up the idea of a shorter course version of this this match.
1: Yeah. I think that there, there's a lot of opportunity there. It's, it's funny. I've been working with the Performance Center mm-hmm. on their Facebook page to come up with a series of drills for that super entry-level person. So I, I've told them, all you need is a couple of paper plates. Right. Draw a four-inch X-ring in the middle. Sure. And here's a guideline. We're going to start with something that's practical-ish. The timeline's very liberal. It gives you a lot of opportunity to figure out, oh, one, one, two, two, three, three, get into the groove of it so that you're like, oh, okay, this is how this works. So that when you show up to your first monthly match, it's going to be, oh, okay, this is a little harder, but it's not so hard.
0: Brilliant. There are, uh, with regard to the idea that maybe more divisions is a way to get more people Mm. here. Shortening the course makes guns like the one that Phil has chosen, or for instance, the Smith & Wesson Shield, the something shield, like yeah, that, sure. a perfectly valid choice. Something that would attract somebody who is a concealed carry permit holder, somebody who carries on a regular basis. Here's a way to hone your skills yeah. in a competition environment that was derived from law enforcement self-defense training, if you will. Absolutely. Um what do you think, because I got, I've gotten mixed reactions, what do you think about the idea of letting people shoot this match with pistol-caliber carbines?
1: Um, I think you'll see a lot of uh, perfect scores, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, it, it could be good, um, but I think that there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really jive with the, the pistol-caliber thing. I mean, we really don't have a precision sport for pistol caliber mm-hmm. carbines at this time, and I don't know as if this is the right answer from because logistically speaking, how are you going to handle draws? how are you going to these are all the questions that are popping up in my mind sure, um, but it's definitely at the local level I mean you that's should be able to show up with anything
0: my, that's my thought is is it's an exhibition it's, yeah. you know I mean it's not necessarily for a competition standpoint I mean right. if you grouped everybody together, that could potentially be interesting. I just look at it from the standpoint that more guns on the range means more people on the sure. range, more ammo being fired and it's a good time for everybody. Involved. Well,
1: interestingly enough at the, the local club level we see a huge number of people shoot 22. Sure. And and there's been talk of bringing the 22 division back here at Bianchi. So if kids and and uh, juniors and sub-juniors there's going to be introduction of a sub-junior and a intermediate junior next year. So they're really looking at ways to encourage people that Make, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. you know this this sport is very simple it's straightforward it's very very challenged, but it makes a lot of sense
0: so just so I have an understanding because I don't know how does it work with regard to being a member of the NRA board mm-hmm. and to what extent is the NRA board involved with the NRA's competition committee? Is that sort of overlap? How does that work? Sure,
1: The each committee reports to the board at every session. I so see. all of the updates, the rule changes, all of these things get presented, and any questions, concerns, and that sort of th- stuff is brought up to the general board of 76 members. Mm-hmm. Um, my role specifically I haven't been assigned to any committees yet. I'm a new NRA board member, in case anybody wants to right. know. <laughs> Folks um. know, if they watch this video
0: podcast or listen to us, they know that. Yeah, but Yes, but that's, I haven't been that's assigned. the root of the question.
1: Yeah, so I have, have requested to be on the Action Pistol Committee because I think it's naturally a very good fit. I think it's an <laughs> excellent fit, yes. Um, but we'll see how that goes and and uh, what have you. But no matter what, I plan to be involved at the committee level so that I can at least say, hey, guys.
0: Yeah. You've, you, you, you've, speaking you've, from somebody who has experience in it, right. speaking from somebody who does it, speaking right. as somebody who has been a champion right. in these sports, yeah. I mean, a very valid... Uh, valid position for you to be speaking from, I would say.
1: I, I would think.
0: <laughs> have you been paying attention to any of the action in the match? Uh, that I have
1: not. And I'm, I, w- I was excited to come in today because I've been total tunnel vision, just focusing on my game just to try to get back into this and uh, work on my own personal goals. So I'm curious sure. to hear well, what there's, the news you know, is. <laughs>
0: it's not for me to necessarily spill the beans out here, but it is an interesting race in the open division with uh, Tell me more. members of the Army Marksmanship I Unit. I would think um, so. Holding uh, top position in terms of X count now among the handful of shooters that are clean with a chance to win this match. Yeah, so you've got, you're looking at uh, Mike Gasser, three X's ahead of Doug Koenig after three events of the match. Both of whom will finish their match on the mover. The interesting little side piece to this story is that Adam Sokolowski, Mm -hmm. also of the Army Marksmanship Unit, was squatted completely separate and in a different order of events. So his first event was his mover. And we unfortunately had an overlap of other shooters during his mover, so I don't have video of it, but I have a direct account from him after. And it was clean, and he thought he had 41x. Well, the official score is actually 39x for the mover, which is still a great score, but is is a a th- yeah, uh, yeah. there's a few missing there. So he is sitting in clean now clean third. with mover, um, and
1: practice?
0: practical and barricades done as of today. Oh, so, so plates for him place. to finish tomorrow, but he is sitting three X's back of Doug and a total of six X's back of uh, Mike Asser. So an interesting finish awaits, Very. and it really hinges on the performance of the lead, too, because there are, there are a handful of others, and there's you know, Richard Siebert is going to be there as well yep. from Australia. Yep. Um, and uh, Mark Blake from Australia, okay. is also going also to be the there. Hunt. So Excellent. Um, and again, those guys are just a hand, like literally one X behind each other. So it's like a lineup of, of absolute killers just yeah. waiting to go. So yeah. it'll be an interesting finish tomorrow on the mover, as it always has been, with the caveat that Mike, or that uh, Adam, has already shot his Has mover, already shot so it, yeah. Following that, making that happen, that's essentially going to be the third segment of the show.
1: So wow, that's exciting. It's, uh, I told you. I told I know you, you at told NRA me. show. You, you gave
0: me the tip. <laughs> you definitely gave Said. me the tip. You I watched knew. those Army boys. I knew. It was an interesting thing also this afternoon to just spend a little bit of time in their new gunsmithing trailer. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with Nelson and uh, the other fellow whose name has escaped me that are their two <laughs> traveling gunsmiths. Yeah. Um, and command sergeant major is there, and it's yeah. a very nice thing. They it is. Uh, they are not only in support of the of the soldiers shooting the match, but they are also in support of any of the competitors who might need their assistance. Exactly. And they have, you know, professional equipment and so on to to service anybody who should have some kind of an issue with a firearm, yeah. which I think is very cool. Very cool. Yeah, excellent stuff. So the Bianchi Cup rolls on. Forty years.
1: Forty years.
0: That is amazing, isn't it? Is it is amazing. And from a mathematical standpoint, Doug has been here winning this thing almost half of the time that it has been in existence. Exactly.
1: Well, you know, it's... it's, he he shot world championships really hard, so he's he's he seems like he's really in it this week. And but you know anything can happen. Well that's, that's what you thing. know. There I is mean, no there yeah there is, is no guarantee in this. No. There, there
0: <laughs> one little slip changes everything. Everything. And they're calling for the potential of some weather tomorrow. They're looking you know a forty percent chance. Mm. So. You know, hopefully not in the morning with this new scheduling, we'll be able to move through it before right. the heat of the day builds. But uh, it's an interesting thing. Columbia, Missouri, this time of year, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You never know.
1: never know. There's yeah. almost always going to be a either a thunderstorm or a snowstorm one or two. So,
0: what it, yeah, or a tornado. <laughs> right. You know, well, I'll never, I always drive by that bass pro shop. and yeah. remember sheltering from a tornado in their scary days. Yeah. Anything yeah. else, anything that I've missed in this very relaxed interview?
1: N- well, you know, it's anything can happen, like you said. Um, I think that this, uh, what are we at, sitting at 170 competitors, I think it was. Yeah, somewhere in there. And uh, definitely from all over the world. So it's exciting. I know that the um, World Championships bid is coming up. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about Australia, and there's a brand-new range in Germany. Mm -hmm. So if you're... Some of your international listeners. International <laughs> viewers and listeners.
0: A lot of feedback from the Australians. A lot of the Australians are watching our stuff so on YouTube. So, you,
1: have you talked to uh, Craig Ginger about uh, their proposed scoring change? I
0: spoke with Craig Ginger, and he has an interesting thing thought out. He wanted to pick my brain on it a little bit, and he is of the opinion that this match has become too easy. <laughs> And I know. I know. let that sink so, in. <laughs> so just just hold on to that for a moment. This match has become too easy. Easy. <laughs> um, so you know, in a rough, you know, in just painting rough strokes here, his proposal is to change the X to the ten right. and change the ten to the nine. Yes. And go from there. And so that would require a perfect score to be an actual like xed out xed out one nineteen twenty one ninety two, which right. has never been achieved. So. From that standpoint, yeah, that would be interesting. From that standpoint, it would make my job a lot harder because I wouldn't be able to just quickly look at numbers and say, right, I know these guys are all in contention now, and I can disqualify everyone below as I'm trying to figure out who's going to win. That's one aspect that, you know, okay. I think the other aspect is is let's not lose sight of the fact that there are only – four or five, maybe six people here that are going to achieve the nineteen twenty, 20 and then yeah. dice it up based on how many X's they hit. So, I don't think it's the match that's the problem. I don't think it's a problem.
1: I, I think that I, I like the idea because it's, it's neat, and one thing that I do like about it is the fact that if you shoot an eight, you're no longer out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got that your 10 becomes a 9. So, uh, somebody who has a single bad shot isn't their it's experience. It's not the kind of end of the day. not the right. end. However, it does make things a lot more difficult. And um, I don't know if that's the answer. I don't, I don't know as if changing the course is the answer at this point in time, but I know that um, we just got to get people to give it a try because it's addictive.
0: Well, on one hand, there is the argument that when this match was conceived, a perfect score of nineteen twenty was it's insurmountable. Nobody, was nobody yes. would ever do it. Yeah. I think that's the same mindset when the you know, Mike Dalton, Mike Fishman developed the Steel Challenge courses sure. of fire and said no one will ever break eighty seconds. Right. Eighty seconds is impossible. Right. And for many, many, many years, many iterations of that match, it was thought of impossible. Yep. And until it wasn't. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But if you look at it from this respect, there are some similarities in that those four courses of fire that make up the Bianchi Cup are the same four courses of fire. They're measured. They're known. The eight courses of fire that make up the steel challenge are measured and known. And that's what allows the shooters and the equipment to rise to that particular challenge. Yeah. In the case of the Bianchi Cup as well as the Steel Challenge, we're drawing a lot of parallels here. Yeah. There are parallels. Yeah. There are still only a handful of guys who have ever achieved what once, what, what once was thought of as, as impossible. impossible. So, does that, the fact that, you know, these outliers exist, you know, in Steel Challenge, we're talking KC, PC, we're talking BJ, Max, Max, and BJ.
1: Yeah, JJ.
0: I mean, you know, JJ, if he shows up or trains for it. Right. And, you know, there's four or five guys, maybe. maybe. Over here in the Bianchi Cup, it's one, two, three names for sure. Uh, now we've got the new blood from the boys in the, down in Georgia yep. who, are, who are working on this thing on a daily, weekly a- basis. Exactly. And then a handful of Australians and maybe an Italian who might dark horse me yep. or Carl Bernofsky who came and shot through. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that is enough reason to take – That carrot away from all of the other shooters who have been close. Right. There are those guys who have achieved, and and ladies, who Uh have achieved the 1905, the 1908, and then there's that 1916. Right. And the 1918, and it was just, ah, next year, I'll get it next year. I feel like it would be a major blow to that majority of this shooting community to take that away from them. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have the answer. No one does.
1: No one does. And you gotta test it first. I mean it's just like you can't you can't make a change until you test.
0: But I will say this. I give the NRA's competition committee a great deal of credit with the fact that they take a survey of all of their competitors after every event yep. and they actually act on what they've learned from those surveys. Right. And I, I take I give them tremendous credit with regard to that.
1: Right. Yeah. I
0: think that's a, I think that's a very smart thing from a Customer service standpoint.
1: Yes, I would agree with that completely. And, you know, I I too am excited about, you know, maintaining the 1920 as it is because I feel I've got one in me. Yes, yes. Maybe more than one. In mm-hmm. the future, but uh, not this week.
0: This <laughs> episode of the Shooting USA podcast, not necessarily brought to you not by Monster Energy. <laughs> in that Monster Energy didn't pay or no, anything else. I no. paid for that. at so paid at Steve O's gas station. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me two of them for four bucks. Wow. I felt like it was a decent deal. That's a good deal. It's charging me now. It's allowing me to carry on this conversation because Julie, it has been a true pleasure. Always. Is there anything I've missed? No,
1: I think we've got it all. I think you know. I think tomorrow's going to be super exciting. Yes. I think you need to rest up. <laughs>
0: No, 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 no.
1: Because it's going to be crazy. But and your guys are working hard. I do. I have around. got the
0: boys out there. Um, yeah. You know, this is, and again, we are constantly evolving how we do this. I've, got, I've done this thing yeah. with, with six cameras. I've done it with four cameras. I'm trying to do it this time with three cameras. It, there's never enough cameras. No. So, no. you know, it's, I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah. But uh, we will make a quality television product as we always do. As always. Awesome, Julie. Thank you for the time. What a wonderful experience. I hope you all are enjoying the special edition podcast from the Bianchi Cup. I've got a couple more scheduled for today. The great one, Rob Latham, is expected here momentarily. And later, Rob Vadas from the U.S. Border Patrol, he'll be joining me. But for now, Julie and I are saying stay tuned.